0: Writers, welcome back to Story Magic, the podcast that will help you write a book you're damn proud of. I'm Emily. And I'm Rachel.
1: And today we want to talk about the basics of scene structure. This is maybe my favorite (laughs) craft topic. I love talking about scenes because when I, when I first started writing, learning how a scene actually worked was like the first major mind-blown moment i feel like in my ability to understand how stories worked and how they just like how you built one yeah (laughs) um because i think everybody like sort of understands that a scene is like a part of a story but beyond that i think the definition can get really fuzzy really fast yeah um the ways in the ways that people talk about them
0: yeah i i had a very similar experience where i had heard the term scene and I was like great but I thought it was the same thing as a chapter and (laughs) just wrote chapters just wrote them like who knew that there that maybe you needed a little bit of structure in those scenes and (laughs) chapters don't matter (laughs) yeah yeah I was just blown away when I finally understood what scenes are what their purpose are and how you can use them in the greater narrative
1: of a story yeah, and it also puts some some boundaries around what you choose to put in your story and how you choose to to go from one scene to the next because I feel mm-hmm. like when I was first I when I first started writing I was just kind of meandering. I was like, yeah. okay, they do this and then they do this. Do I need this? I don't <laughs> yeah. you know, how do I get from one place to another? Do I have to describe the whole journey? You know, like Yeah. it was um that question of like where do I start and where do I end a chapter, a scene, whatever I'm working on. I think um really comes – is often coming from a place of not really fully understanding um, what a scene is and how scenes work mm-hmm. together because they do. They work together to build your story. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think that – I think that when you finally piece that together and the, the, what we're going to be talking about today are, are these basics, but it doesn't yeah. matter whether you're a plotter in a pantser to like understand how this works. And that And That was really eye-opening for me was that I yeah. could still know how they work what they what they do how they influence what choices I make um without feeling like oh my god I've got to follow this thing every single scene boring
1: yeah yep <laughs> this formula so yeah. boring yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah um so I think it can be really helpful to start with like this idea of the feeling of a scene because we all know what a scene feels like. We see them on television, we read them in stories. Um, And so we, that's where I think we make the mistake of assuming that we understand what they are because we've like consumed them Mm -hmm. so much um, that we understand the feeling of them, but translating that feeling into sort of a structure and for lack of a better word, a formula, right. For like how you can create that feeling on the page for your readers I think can be really helpful because what I love to see with my clients is when like you go from okay I sort of vaguely understand this feeling and then they like really master the concepts Mm -hmm. of like the pieces of a scene that they can then go and write from feeling yeah because they they've used the formula so much that now they understand like what it feels like to go through a scene so they can pants a scene without thinking about structure at all and then go back and be like oh look, I innately put all these things in here. Cause it felt right. Yeah. So that's like my favorite thing. It's like a scene is a feeling. Um, it's a feeling of like, if I don't know, think of your favorite moments in like movies or television shows or your favorite moments in stories. And if you dig into like what that moment of the story felt like, it usually is like somebody, somebody comes to the page and they, they want something. They're going after something. They have some kind of goal and then conflict breaks out. Mm-hmm. Something happens that gets in the way of them, you know, achieving whatever it is that they're trying to achieve. And that conflict builds, right? Mm-hmm. It's that building tension that peaks at some point, um, you know, relatively soon. We're not talking about, you know, the whole story. We're talking about, yeah. these, you know, a few minutes of a, of a show or a few pages of a story. And it peaks at some point into a moment where the story shifts direction because somebody has to make a choice because something happens that shifts the direction in an unexpected way, um, pushing into and setting up whatever happens next. Mm-hmm. And so like, I feel like, is that a feeling? Yeah. <laughs> I brought it, I brought it today as a feeling. Yeah. but I can see what you
0: mean. I can, I think what you're saying is that you, in most of us that consume a lot of stories, like instinctively know what this is and yeah. it, it takes bringing an awareness to that beginning middle and end of a scene to like really understand it. So I'm yeah. the the scene that's like stuck in my mind right now is the scene in the Pride and Prejudice movie <laughs> when Darcy proposes the first time. Mm. And there so leading into that scene, they're in church, she's talking to the other military man i forget his name and he tells elizabeth that darcy separated elizabeth that darcy separated jane and bingley elizabeth is pissed she goes on this dramatic emotional run to (laughs) this structure i don't know gazebo It's Gazebo. (laughs) (laughs) it's raining it's dramatic you're like how could he and then he's there like elizabeth is just trying to get some space and then darcy's there and oh, then conflict he, increases. Conflict increases, and then she's pissed off, and he is like, "Your family sucks, but I can't get over how much I love you. <laughs> you should just marry me." And she's like, "Excuse me." And they have like a fight, and it's yeah. so
1: tense. It's and it like, just builds in tension. It just you builds, can feel it. and
0: you can see them both, um, like losing their composure, and. <laughs> Because, like, they're both trying to be very polite and prim and proper. And then they both just kind of like bear their feelings. And the end of the scene is when Darcy leaves. She, Elizabeth rejects his proposal. Yes. Yeah, that's all like the climax like of it. She's yeah. Like, no. She's like, absolutely not. not. Like, why would I? You're the last man in the world I could ever be prevailed upon to marry. Like, yeah. <laughs> she rejects it. I know almost every word in that movie. <laughs> um, and then he is like, Fine, I'm so sorry you have such a bad opinion of me and leaves. But then he chooses to explain himself. He writes a letter. The next scene is her moping. And he gives her the letter that explains why he decided to do the things that he did. And he apologizes for being kind of a jerk, but also, like, explains, this is why I didn't think Bingley should marry your family, marry Jane. And it's like a perfect little, you see what leads to that scene, you see how it affects the way that they speak to each other. And then you see what happens after that scene in, in yeah. the next scene that's very tightly linked. Yeah. Um, and I I love it. And you can, when I think of a scene or when I used to think of a scene, it like, it was like one thing that happened in one place in one setting. And then you could like mm-hmm. move on to the next thing. And that's true in some cases, but really it's like the emotional thing that's happening, the emotional thing that your characters yeah. are going through, and then the choices that they make because of what just happened in the scene that's that's the scene that's the thing and it's easy to have that in one setting but it doesn't necessarily have to be um, like one setting
1: itself yeah it's like this emotional wave where it's like Conflict happens that like gets in the way of whatever a character wanted and that conflict just builds and builds and builds and builds. And then it reaches this peak and then it breaks, right? Yeah. It's Elizabeth saying, no, I'm not going to marry you. Like she makes a choice that changes the direction of the story, right? If she had said yes, yeah, that would have been a completely different story. Um, and so she makes a decision, it changes the direction and it makes the next scene possible because her rejection is what causes him to, co- to write the letter, which builds in the conflict of the next scene where she starts to understand why he did what he did. Um, And, yeah, so that's, like, that's what I'm going for when I'm talking feeling. It's this, like, this wave feeling of building tension throughout a story. Mm -hmm. Um, And we'll use a lot of metaphors today (laughs) because (laughs) scenes link together kind of in that wave-like sensation, but they also chain together. Um, And so because each scene makes the next scene possible based on the decisions that the characters are making. Um, And so that's that's kind of what we're going to – going to break down for you today basics
0: yeah so in general a scene breaks down into
1: four parts what are they four parts four sections it's kind of like beginning middle and end and then now what yeah uh (laughs) uh-huh what's next we were to talk about that yeah so the beginning right is your character has a goal they have something that they're after um, and that gives the story drive. It means the character is driving what's happening in the story. Cause they've got something they need to do and they're going after it. Then conflict happens. Um, right. Darcy is at the gazebo. Oh yeah. gosh. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that conflict builds and builds and builds to a peak moment. That feeling that we've been talking about. And that peak moment is characterized by a choice that the character makes. Um, and that choice has consequences that then directly make the next scene possible. So those four parts are goal, conflict, choice, consequence. And then those consequences lead into what their next goal is. Um, And that's how scenes link together throughout your entire story.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they should. That's This is an idea called the cause and effect trajectory. Um, That's like what someone might label it. And what that means is that you have – you have a scene where something happens. There's a choice being made. That choice creates consequences, and that's the effect. So you have the cause and effect, yeah. and then you have another cause and another effect, and it just keeps going in this chain link. Um, Story Genius by Lisa Cron does a really good job of diving into that. So mm-hmm. love that book if you've not read it. But the reason this should happen in in every single scene, and this was like that thing was a a big old mind-blown moment for me because I I've talked about this a little bit before on the podcast but when I first started writing I had heard the writing advice that when you don't know what to do just like make the most unexpected thing happen mm-hmm. and so I always would go to like oh my god nobody expects an explosion let's make things explode so that was like my ace in the hole <laughs> things but there was and then there were consequences because of that but nothing was linked together like my character's choices weren't creating any ripple effects yeah. There was nothing that was le- that was the character driving the story forward. It was lots of random plot events that just happened to my characters that they had to react to mm-hmm. versus a character driving this action of the story through their goals and their choices and the consequences of those choices. Yeah.
1: And that's what's called narrative drive, which yeah. is one of those, we've talked about it before, but one of those concepts, I think, and and verbi- Yeah. Phrases, words, phrases, uh things that you read in craft books. Terms. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. One of those terms that you're like, okay, I know I need it, but like, what the hell? What is that? that (laughs) Um, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about the narrative is being driven by -hmm. the character, um, like you just said, through what they want, their goals, how they're going after them, and then the choices that they're making, and those choices have consequences. So that's what I really love about um, this. This little four piece chain link formula is that it inherently ties together your external plot and your internal character arcs, Mm -hmm. because if you think about it in the four pieces, the goal and the choice are being driven by the character. They're being driven by what the character wants and what the character believes. And this is where they get to make mistakes. And we'll talk about that in a second. But those are the pieces that are tied to that character's internal journey. And then the conflict and the consequences are external things that are happening. The conflict is the plot that's happening to the character. And the consequences are plot events that the character is making happen through their choices. Um, And so you get to see how in that consequence piece, the character arcs and the plot are coming together um, because your character's driving your plot. Yeah. So I think for so many craft resources talk about plot and character arcs separately um, when really they're inextricably tied at the scene level. Mm-hmm. Um, and so once you start to understand that, you can start to see like how to make decisions about what conflicts to include and what consequences to include and what choices your character should be making based on what their arc is and what yeah. you want to, to show through their, um, their story. Yeah. So
0: I'm working with a one-on-one client right now through our plot summary exercise, which for listeners is a, uh, a, a general summary of the plot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like we we do our work to start to link those two things um through looking at the plot from a 30,000 foot overview it's a great like toe dipping into what happens in this story mm-hmm. as we're building it and last week this client and I um she had lots of ideas but was really struggling to like decide what do I do like sh- mm-hmm. for her break into two she was like well he could go over here or he could go over here or he could go over here and he could do these things xyz and we had a good discussion about it, like, okay, what, what, you have to choose one. What are we going to choose? What, what is the thing? So this week, she turned back in the assignment and um, she very intentionally linked this character's flawed beliefs to how are we going to create a scene that challenged those flawed beliefs, that like made him make a choice that would set up the rest of act two. Yeah. And when she thought about it in that way, versus like it could be anything. It could be any plot event. he could learn magic here or over here or over here. But she just she decided to um, put this character in a position where they were going to make the wrong choice. Yeah, she knew that. She knew that his his problems had to do with control. So she gave him a setting where magic was out of control, and that was going mm-hmm. to trigger a lot of feelings for him and trigger how he was going to form his pivot point plan, which we have an episode on um, <laughs> for Act too. But like, I think this, this scene structure, it, it's easy to think, okay, I need to do that when I draft, mm-hmm. but it also is like, okay, be thinking about these things as you're plotting, be thinking about if your character is having a goal and they're going to make a choice. How does that choice affect the consequences and how do those consequences set up the next scene? And later scenes. Yeah. Down the road. It's like, it's not just that we learn scene structure to help us draft a scene. It is scene structure helps us plan what goes where and when and why in the whole plot.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's where that's where the differentiation between and and I actually have my clients think through both of these when we're working Mm -hmm. on scenes, which is what are the short term consequences? What immediately happens? You know, what what happens when they make their choice, right? When Elizabeth says no to Darcy, what are the immediate consequences? She hurts him. She hurts herself. They separate ways, right? Like there are immediate consequences to that decision. And then what are the long-term consequences of that decision? Because that's where your character arc really comes into play. Yeah. Um, And, we talk a lot about character arcs on our magic of character arcs course, which if you're not in it and you've been listening to this podcast and we talk about it at the end of every podcast, what are you doing? Um, Get it now. But right. Essentially character arcs are shaped by Flawed decisions. Your character Mm -hmm. has a flawed belief that you want them to dismantle, let go of. And the only way they're going to do that is if they make a lot of mistakes because of that belief that eventually teach them that they really need to change their outlook on the world in order to succeed. And this is how you do that. It's at the scene level Mm -hmm. where you have them make flawed, bad decisions in each scene at that choice moment, at that peak moment that set up consequences later down the road consequences that are snowballing in the back mm-hmm. of the book um and you know building to a point where they're going to explode in a way that your character can't ignore um and that you're, is going to force your character to face the fact that they need to internally change in order to get what they want um and so all of that happens this is this that's the other thing I love about scenes <laughs> I love scenes um <laughs> is that scenes tie together the big story Mm-hmm. And the the smaller level, you know, immediate story that you're writing on the page, they help you tie together what you're trying to do in the long run um, with what you're doing on the page right now in the middle of act two. <laughs> yeah. Um, which I think is is a really helpful way to reframe, to take bite-sized pieces out of your story, to not be so overwhelmed by like, how are the things I'm writing fitting into the larger vision that I have mm-hmm. for this thing? This is where that happens is at that scene level.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a, so I work and I work with a lot of romance authors and I read primarily romance and I write fantasy romance. So there's very, as far as long-term consequences of a very simple, easy example where um, usually in, I mean, all the time in a, in a romance, there's a reason why the characters can't be together. Yeah, And sometimes those characters will choose to lie, lie about that reason or lie, have some sort of fear or they're driven to lie about something. And that's always going to blow up in their face. But it's usually not until the end of act two. So regardless <laughs> of if they lie in act one or at the beginning of act two or whatever it is, it blows up in their face Probably around the all is lost, and it could cause or contribute to the breakup, which is also a a standard structure beat in a romance. But that consequence has been building because it's they maybe chose to lie at the beginning of act two, but that character has known this whole time that they're hiding something. And then Mm -hmm. the deeper that they get into this relationship, the harder it is to tell the truth. I think we've all been there not just in romance, but like you tell a little white lie and then it keeps growing. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like the truth has to come out and uh-oh, you look really dumb. Um, that, <laughs> that happens a ton in romance and especially with the miscommunication trope, like it's a mm-hmm. it's a big thing. But um, that's a good example of that. The consequence of that choice to lie doesn't happen until long time in the book, yeah. but it causes a really big rift. It co- there's The consequences that they have, they made a bad choice and now they have to face the consequences, which is usually a breakup. Um, And at that
1: point they have to choose between, am I going to hold on to the reason why I lied? The belief that led me to lie that lost me love, right? That's the whole question of the breakup of a romance is like, am I going to cling to the thing that was keeping me from love now that I've lost it? Mm -hmm. Or am I going to change? Am I going to allow myself to change my beliefs humble myself, apologize, you know, go through all the things, um, to, to seize that love again. And that's that internal change.
0: Yeah. So you can ask caused by you-
1: those external consequences. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: you can ask yourself when you're making
1: these flawed choices,
0: those, that short-term consequence, and then how is this going to bite them in the butt later? How is this going to contribute to their eventual change because they now have to face the negative consequences of their poor choices? Yeah scenes man they're
1: so powerful so good we love them so the question we get all the time is how does a scene differ from a chapter Rachel Mm, we touched on this at the beginning but I want to end with it for sure (laughs) yeah um
0: this is like one of my favorite questions because it was a total again mind-blowing moment for me um we just talked about how cool scenes are they're awesome chapters are like there are no rules they don't really mean anything and it doesn't really matter <laughs> so like um uh, when i first started writing i was primarily a reader mm-hmm. and i read books with chapters and so i tried to write in those same terms where i would write with chapters but chapters usually don't like a chapter itself doesn't always follow what a scene is like mm-hmm. because chapters are used to keep a reader engaged And most of the time or some of the time they'll end on like the climax of a scene. Yeah, That's the cliffhanger. That's the thing that makes you turn the page. But that scene's not over at the end of that chapter. The scene still continues into the next chapter. So when I work with my clients, I tell them like, if you're planning or drafting, do not worry about chapters or chapter breaks. They don't mean anything. You can decide where to put your chapters after you have all the words written. And at that point you use chapters to decide how can I most engage my reader so that they keep reading? Where Mm -hmm. am I going to put a chapter break? And sometimes it's the end of the scene and sometimes it's in the middle of the scene, but ultimately that's like an author's choice. There's not like a structure element to what a chapter should be. The structure is the scene. So write the story with scene knowledge, with scene structure And then come back in after you're – I mean, I would even say, like, before you're going to get a copy edit. Like, this is way down the line to me. Like, who cares? Until you're getting ready to submit a book somewhere, that's when I would consider chapter breaks. Um, For a very different reason than, like, I'm ending a chapter here to increase the structure of the story. No, you're going to end a chapter there to keep a reader reading.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And it's important to make sure – um, that all the parts of a scene are on the page yeah. because, because like this is a bad example because I, I have not read Pride and Prejudice for a really long time, but I'm going to pretend that the scene we just talked about is a written scene in a story. Yeah. Right. So let's say that you ended your chapter for like drama's sake with Darcy's like deepest, um, insult to yeah. her family. And then you're like, oh my gosh, I have to know more. So you flip the page, Right. But you skip her choice to turn him down and yeah. you just jump right to like the next scene where she's in the cottage, right? We need to see that her choice and we need to see the consequences of that choice um in order to get that full feeling. It comes back to that feeling, right? Where we've got goal rising cons rising conflict and then it peaks with some tension there's a choice made and then consequences happen Mm -hmm. and then there's a goal right and so it's that wave and if you cut that and you and you don't include some of the pieces of a scene um on the page somewhere regardless of where your chapters are we are going to feel that as readers because we won't get that full feeling even with like you know the consequences that that Catharsis, that little bit of catharsis of knowing the consequences, the unfolding consequences of the choice that she makes. Um so that's what I would um just caution when Mm -hmm. you're trying to figure out how to how to do that. So we need all those pieces.
0: Yeah. And same as this can get tricky when you have multiple POVs and you're switching POVs by chapter Mm -hmm. or by scene. Um this is where I'll see like kind of the most confusion. So when you have this, we've talked about scenes in the context of how meaningful and important they are to a character specifically. Yeah. Unless you have like a lot of experience with this, I typically suggest that a writer keep one scene in one POV head. You don't want to switch POVs in the smack dab middle of a scene because often you're going to disrupt that goal conflict choice consequences cycle because that character maybe you have the goal and the conflict in one scenes or in one character's POV, and then you do the choice in another character's POV and it's not connected anymore. You've broken the link because it's not the same character's choice for the same reasons. Um, I've seen this done. So I'm not saying it's impossible, but I am saying if this is new to you, if you're, if you're learning about scenes and scene structure, just keep one scene in one POVs head um, until you get a little more comfortable with how you would transition to another character and how you would put that character's choice or the consequences of that decision on a scene from a different pov
1: yeah yeah absolutely um yeah that's really really helpful yeah um cool cool we have so we've got some resources yeah um so the first thing to do this is not tied to scenes. But the first thing you all need to do is go get magic of character arcs seriously, because that, that email course, it's a free email course. Um, the link is in the show notes. Um, and we talk about it every week, but it, it really breaks down that the larger story, the bigger umbrella story of what your character wants and what their flawed beliefs are so that you can use, right. We've already talked about how those filter down, into their scene goals and their scene choices so the very first thing that i would tell everybody to do yeah. is go um go enroll in that fundamental um foundational course because it's going to um to set you up for really having a framework within which to make scene decisions um so go get that go get then it then we have a workshop
0: yay so we're launching a workshop in june this is june 2023 Um, It's called Scene Structure Simplified. So we've gone over scene basics today. We talked about kind of the four main parts of a scene, but we love using, uh, we love going even deeper than those four parts into eight scene structure beats. And those beats are how you can really make sure that your scenes are following that wave that Emily was talking about, that you have everything linked together, that it's very clearly driven by characters, goals and choices that um, The structure is on point. We're going to dive into all eight of those beats in this workshop. Um, It's a three day workshop. It happens over the course of three days um, over a two week period. So the first the first day is June 17th. Um, And then the next
1: weekend we have two more days. Yeah. So it's basically broken up the first weekend. We will learn so much about scene structure and we will actually get our hands dirty. We'll do some workshopping. We'll try out some of the concepts and then throughout the week, you'll have uh, the homework to do some published works analyses. So we've pulled some scenes from some published works where you will go and try to see if you can identify the eight um, scene structure beats in those published works to see how, how, You know the pros are doing it um and then we'll discuss those together on the second weekend and then also in between the two weekends um you will have the opportunity to submit a draft um scene outline to rachel and i for personalized feedback so we will actually give you some guidance on you know what's working what we would recommend looking at some next steps we would take as you're building a scene out for your work in progress Um, so it's an opportunity to get feedback from us, which is pretty sweet. Yeah. It's going to be pretty intimate. We're going to get real nerdy and into Mm -hmm. the nitty gritty of scenes together. Um, and I'm, I'm just really excited. It's going to be super fun.
0: It is. Our, the content for this workshop is like out of this world. Amazing. Yeah. Um, so if you're interested in that, the link is in our show notes. It's $199 for those three days, um, including the personalized feedback that Emily and I will give you. So it's a steal. Uh, We're really excited about it. So find more info with that link. Check it out. Show notes.
1: Sweet. Sweet. Awesome.
0: Okay. If you want to build a successful, fulfilling, and sustainable writing life that works for you, you've got to get on our email list. Sign
1: up now to get our free email course, The Magic of Character Arcs. After seven days of email magic, you'll have the power to keep your readers flipping pages all through the night. Link is in the show notes. We'll see you there. Bye!